Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Somehow the NBA season just ended two days ago, and there's already a million things to talk about. So what's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Believe in the Miami Heat, brought to you by the Believe Network. As always, I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo, and there's a lot going on. I'm recording this on Wednesday, June 15th at 3 p.m., so if something crazy was to happen and I don't discuss it in this episode, you know why. I mean, y'all know all the rumors. Truthfully, I don't think any of it's going to happen, but we'll discuss that a little bit later. I kind of want to use this time just to talk about my overall thoughts on the season and that game five that we saw. The last episode of this podcast that I recorded was after the series was 1-1. I was feeling good. I just came out here talking about, oh, we're three wins away, three this and that. Well, all that still remains true because they didn't win another game. I was in Chicago for games three and four on that vacation that I planned months ago when I thought we were going to miss the playoffs. Uh, Fun vacation. Chicago is a great city. Uh, The games sucked, though. I did waste my time watching those. And then we had game five, uh, a game that was close, a game that towards the end looked like they might win, even though I gave the Heat no chance going into it. Uh, But a bunch of stupidity happened, and they uh, they ended up losing that game. Uh, I took some notes here. Uh, starting with the shot selection, just in regards to the overall theme of that game, which for me is stupidity. Uh, you had Kyle Lowry, who hit some big ones, but all his shots were terrible. I think he was like 4 of 13 anyway, so he was wildly inefficient, taking 40-foot bombs, fadeaway threes. Uh, Caleb Martin taking contested, uh, you know, heavily contested corner threes with a hand in his face, uh, fading back with no ball movement, terrible shots. Uh, Gabe Vincent pulling up from 32, 33 feet for no reason. Uh, Once again, with no ball movement, there was the one stupid shot in particular, I remember, uh, that led to the Heat were up by three. Of course, Gabe missed because it was a bad shot. Jamal Murray uh, came down the court and hit a corner three to tie the game at like 60 all. So that was a huge momentum swinging play. And it's just in the NBA Finals, on the biggest stage, you can't afford to waste empty, uh, you can't afford to waste possessions, have empty possessions, whatever you want to call it. And the Miami Heat were doing a ton of that. Just a, a lot of it just based on this poor, poor, poor shot selection. But of course, the overall story was on Jimmy Butler. Somehow finished as the leading scorer for the game with 21 points, even though he was terrible all game outside of like the last three minutes. Uh, the theme is nothing new for Jimmy. He really hasn't had a, oh, at least over the last few weeks, because we've talked about this a lot, he really hasn't had a great game in the last 10 or so games ever since the Grant Williams incident. Uh, but particularly in this NBA Finals, he was not good. He had an awful Finals. It was pretty pitiful, to be honest, which is very, very sad as a Heat fan and as someone who loves Jimmy Butler, because it was always, these, these last four years he was here, it was always get Jimmy some help. Get some other guys to step up, because you know Jimmy will be there. Uh, well, this was the sad part because you had a lot of other guys step up and Jimbo was nowhere to be seen. You had Bam at a bar. was amazing in the first half. I think he only had like two in the second half, but still scored 20 points. Was pretty, pretty good all series. Uh, and Jimmy Butler was terrible until the fourth quarter when he finally looked like he started caring. But even then, he was just started shooting threes. Uh, hit a few, got fouled on the one. People said it wasn't a foul. It was a foul. That's his normal shooting motion. He always kicks his legs out. Aaron Gordon ran into him. Uh, but anyways, hit a few huge threes, and then I think uh, they were finally down two or three, whatever it was at the time, uh, and he just took an awful fadeaway three off, once again, zero ball movement. Just very stupid. You had time to get to the rim, do anything, and, and he decides to do that. Just very, very stupid. Of course, had the bad turnover because he was looking indecisive again. Uh, it's weird. 
Uh, he says he's not injured. I'm going to believe him because kind of like Jeff Van Gundy said earlier this week, he said he doesn't like players getting excuses for being bad, uh, like injury excuses. He's like, if you're out there, you're healthy enough to play. I agree with that sentiment because in the NBA playoffs, particularly this late in the NBA finals, nobody's 100%. You can argue every single player is hurt, all right? And I didn't like when Game 7 versus Celtics happened. Jason Tatum did sprain his ankle the first possession, but he stayed out there. He was well enough to play, and I didn't like every single time he missed a shot. All the announcers said is, oh, he must be injured. No. How about he just had a bad game? How about the Miami Heat are just playing good defense? Why is it every single time he does something wrong, he's hurt? I didn't like that. So I didn't want to give Jimmy Butler those, those same excuses uh, this game because he was out there. He should be playing well. There's no reason he could be aggressive late in the game after he's played 40 minutes, but he can't be aggressive earlier in the game. Now, I don't understand it fully. It's very weird because that's not in Jimmy Butler's nature. We've seen Jimmy Butler on in the NBA Finals 2020. He was sensational. Some of the greatest games we ever witnessed. That game three, 40-point triple-double. That game five, 30-point triple-double. We saw him in Boston last year, game six, put up the 45, 46 points, whatever it was. He is not one to shy away in these big games and not be aggressive. So maybe it was injured. Maybe it bothered him. But if he's not going to make that excuse, neither am I. And I love that he's not making the excuses, quite frankly. I absolutely love it. People think that uh, Jimbo is a big cornball. He said the thing recently about the uh, if he makes the Hall of Fame, he's not even going to go to the ceremony. Uh, people thought he was corny for that. I liked it. One, because I believe him. A lot of guys just say things to look cool. I don't think that's Jimmy. When he says something, I think he means it. When he said he thinks they're going to win the championship, I think he means it. And we saw them get very, very, very close. Now, uh, what was I going to say? Jimmy said he's going to make Oh, yeah. Uh, they think he's corny uh, with the Hall of Fame thing. That's what I was going to say. I liked it because they're literally, they asked him that question in the middle of the NBA Finals. You think Jimmy Butler's worried about the Hall of Fame when he's trying to win a championship, his first championship? You know, his lifelong career goal? You think he's worried about the Hall of Fame? No. That's why I like when they ask him about the Hall of Fame. He's like, I play a team sport. I play to win. And that's what his mind is focused on. And that's what I love to see about him. Now, it was all the more confusing that, one, he had a poor series. But, two, that he didn't look aggressive. He didn't look like himself. So maybe it's because he was hurt. Maybe it was personal issues. We've heard some things. Obviously, I have no idea. But it was weird. That being said, he's not a guy that I'm jumping off ship on. Uh, he's not a guy I'm going to stop tra- uh, start talking trash about or stop uh, or start saying that he's not a superstar. He is a superstar. He's a superstar to the highest degree. You don't do what he's done in his career with Heat, like all the other games I mentioned, taking this team to this point in the season, really having a chance to win the finals three out of your four years with a team. You don't do that without being a superstar. He's a superstar to the highest degree. Because when the games matter most, that's when he plays his best. Now, yeah, he had a terrible NBA Finals, but I look at that more so as as an amazing player, a superstar, who just had a bad series for whatever reason it may be. The guys are human. They're allowed to have bad series. In my opinion, LeBron is the greatest player of all time, and we saw him in 2011 be absolutely god-awful. You know, uh, Jimmy's numbers this series versus Denver are actually very, very close to Steph Curry's in 2016 when they lost to the Cavs. Nobody's saying Steph Curry is not a superstar. Now, I understand there's a lot of differences there, but my overall point is you can be a superstar and still have bad series. There's a lot of other outside factors that that could have affected this. But at the end of the day, I believe Jimmy Butler has shown me enough that I'm going to ride with him going forward, and I'm very excited to see what he does next season. Uh, That being said, though, 
he's not above criticism. He was terrible. I want to make sure that's known because I saw a lot of Heat fans that think Jimmy can do no wrong and, and make a lot of excuses for him. No. If he's terrible, he will say he's terrible. He said as much. He said he hasn't done enough to win. Jason Tatum's out there blaming his ankle and doing all these other things, right? But when he's terrible, he admits it. He's not above criticism. Neither is anybody else. He deserves it this series, but I'm still not going to bet against the man going forward because I do think he's a superstar. Uh, some, other, some of the other stupid things that we continue to see in that game five is they were still trapping Murray on the pick and roll. Trapping him as the ball handler, letting Jokic get in the paint. And once he gets in the paint, it's over. They were still doing a lot of doubling on Jokic. Again, I don't get it. Every time they double him, you put him right in his wheelhouse and he found the open shooter. Uh, and yeah, the Denver pretty much shot terrible nearly the entire series, but still somehow found a way to beat us. I don't know if that's more on Denver being a great team, Miami being a bad team, but Miami got to this point for a reason. It's not a fluke. I'd put that more on Denver being a great team. Uh, but the most stupid thing, that Heat fans are talking a lot about, and we probably shouldn't because it was only 61 seconds. But you know where I'm going. It was the fact that Cody Zeller came in to start the fourth quarter, something that for the life of me, I cannot understand. And quite honestly, one of the most infuriating things I've witnessed as a sports fan. Uh, I couldn't believe Cody Zeller kept playing after game one, after game two, after game three. He kept playing. Uh, game five, what do you know? He doesn't check in, and they're playing well. They have the lead almost the whole game, right? And we heard, of course, Tyler Hero, didn't even mention, was available for, for the first time this, this NBA playoffs after he got hurt. Uh, I wasn't sure if he was going to play. I thought that would kind of be based off how the game was playing. And, of course, the Heat were up most of the game, so he didn't play. I understand it. Why would you want to mess up something if it's working? But as the second half went on, after that third quarter ended, the Heat uh, got, they had trouble scoring. We're going, you know, seven, eight, nine possessions in a row without getting a bucket, four, five, six minutes without scoring. And I'd say, if you're ever going to bring in Tyler Hero, now would be the time to do it. Although I don't think you will because he's been cold. He hasn't played all game. So why would Spo bring in a guy who hasn't played all game, right? Why, why would he do that? He's Eric Spolstra, top 15 coach of all time. He would never bring in a guy cold who, who hasn't played all game, right? Uh, fourth quarter starts. And who do I see on the court other than Mr. Z, the substitute teacher, Cody Zeller? I said, my God. I I haven't yet to hear from Spo on why he did that. I don't know if he's been asked. I'm sure he has. I can't fathom a single reason why he would do that. And everyone knows in those 61 seconds, Jokic got an easy lay in the paint. Jamal Murray hit a three because Zeller's too slow to rotate. So guys are helping him. That left Murray open, hit the big three. The Heat got outscored by five and Zeller's 61 seconds. And the Heat lost the game by five. Do with that information what you will. It's probably not fair to blame the game on Zeller. Well, obviously no one's blaming the whole game on Zeller. Well, people are. I'm not doing that. It's probably hard to blame a big portion of the game on Zeller when he only played 61 seconds, but I don't think it's a coincidence. But if you had to ask me, I would put the majority of the series loss, uh, the blame, I would put it on Jimmy Butler because he's your star player. He didn't play like it, and he got dominated in the head-to-head -head matchup because obviously Nikola Jokic, finals MVP, was spectacular. It's a little sad. Jokic looks like he doesn't even care. Uh, looks like he's just clocking in, as people say, doing his job and going home. He even said as much where he said the uh, he realized the parade was Thursday and the man just wanted to go home. It's a little sad because a guy like Jimmy Butler would have literally sold his soul to win. Uh, and he lost to a guy who looks like he really wouldn't carry the way. So that's a little sad. 
But credit to the Denver Nuggets. I mean, outside of Jovic, uh, or Jokic, outside of Jokic, not Jovic, uh, who Jovic, that boy looking big. They say he got up from, he, they said he started last season at 220, and now he's at 239. That's a lot of weight. That boy Nikola Jovic put on a lot of weight. We're going to see him in the summer league. I'm excited about that if he's still here. We'll put a pin in that. We'll get to that later. Uh, but Jimmy Butler wasn't great. Uh, I was talking about the press comments. Yeah, the only reason I don't like Jokic is because he pushed Markeith Morris, uh, and I think he's a little bit of a dirty player. But outside of that, he's super fun to watch. Uh, one of the most dominant players I've seen in my lifetime. When it's all said and done, he might be better than Shaq. Uh, I started to hear other people talk about that. I know it sounds crazy because Shaq was averaging more points without the free throws. But the way Nikola Jokic just runs an offense is truly beautiful. And as a scorer, he's dominant. When, when he wants to, there's nobody that, that can stop him. Uh, a little bit of a different way than Shaq. Shaq was overpowering everybody. Jokic can overpower most people, but he also has this finesse around the rim, this touch, uh, just th- this footwork that, that's incredible. Shaq had a lot of those things too, but their games are different. I don't really need to sit here and explain to you uh, how Shaq and Jokic's games are different, but the dominance that each player shows, uh, I feel like could be pretty similar when it's all said and done. Of course, it's really only been one, well, I was going to say one playoff run for Jokic, but he went to the, the conference finals 2020 as well. But he's a young guy. He's got a long career to go. My whole point, I'm not saying he's better than Shaq, not saying he will be, but my whole point is that when this is done, uh, he couldn't have a... a uh, same level of dominance. If you're watching this on the video side and wondering why the lighting looks different, uh, that's because it's about 10 hours later now. I'm getting new windows on my home. And as I was doing that last little bit there, they started working on my window. The guys were looking in and I was like, okay, yeah, let me stop this. Uh, but where was that? I think I was talking about something stupid like uh, Shaq is as dominant as Jokic. I don't know. That, it was probably a dumb conversation. Hopefully you got where I was going with that. If not, I don't really care. Uh, so what else were we talking about here? I got I got a whole list of things here. Uh, I do like how after the Heat lost game five, uh, Jimmy basically made no excuse for the ankle. You know, we, we can uh, go back and forth on whether we believe that was the case or not. But we all know what Giannis said when, uh, as I go away to get my charger for my laptop because I haven't charged it in 10 hours. End of season, y'all. It's been a long season. That's what we do. Uh, Giannis gave that loser quote saying there's no failure. There's always learning. And when you have fun, some dumb shit like that. I, I don't know. But... uh. <laughs> But I like Jimmy made no excuse to say we just didn't do enough to get it done. And that's the truth. It was embarrassing because you really weren't even competitive. It was a short five-game series. A lot of the games weren't even close. And the part that made it suck the most is this is now the third finals in a row that really wasn't close. Obviously, 2014 got our ass kicked in five. 2020 did go to six, but we lost by like 40 in game six. And then obviously, this was a short five-game series. Uh... And I talked about Jimmy, if you're happy, you're healthy, talked about all that, blah, blah, blah. I think I'm done talking about game five. We've been here going on here for about 15 minutes. So now let's get into a little bit of the offseason talks. So the biggest trade chip that I guess you could say we have is Tyler Hero. Now, I got into a debate with, <clears throat> with some people about this because they were like, uh, Tyler, uh, the Heat, this was a good run for the Heat because it got everyone's trade value up. I disagree with that aspect of it. Yes, this was great for the Heat in the overall grand scheme of the offseason because it makes them a desirable destination. When they asked Damian Lillard about a week ago, which franchise could he see himself with, he said, obviously, Miami. That's because they're obviously a winning culture. They've been to the finals twice in the last four years, and they've had a lot of success recently, of course. Uh, And everybody would like to play with Jimmy Butler and Bam at a bio, it seems. Bam might be their best recruiter. Uh, He seems to be boys with a lot of guys like KD and Tatum and Mitchell and Beal even. 
Uh, I think Dame too, now that I think about it. Uh, but anyways, yes, this was good for the Heat because obviously they went to the finals. Players want to play for good teams. Yes. But this was not good for your biggest trade chip, Tyler Hero, because if anything, his value got worse. They made it to the finals without him. They made it to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals last year without him. So this is two years in a row now that he's hurt when the games matter most, and they've still had relatively a lot of success without him. So that's not good for his sake. Now, yeah, uh, Duncan Robinson went from the worst contract in the league to a guy who was fine, I guess. Uh, Kyle Lowry had some okay games. Maybe it's enough to trick a team. And maybe even Gabe Vincent and Max Struess will, will want to be involved in a sign-in trade with somebody now because they had some good games. Hopefully, Struess didn't lose all his value in the finals where he shot like 16% from three. But that's beside the point. Tyler Hero, uh, I think he played in his last game in the Heat jersey. I said that after he got hurt against the Bucks, and I still believe that. Uh, it's unfortunate as far as his value also because uh, he'll be looked at as injury prone, aside from just a guy who, uh, um, what was I going to say? Tyler, I'm trying to look at my notes here. I'm, I'm sorry. I've been wanting to get around to this pod for a few days, but I just finished crying. So uh, <laughs> I just wrote, Tyler Hero is not some big man with foot problems. He's not, and he's not Ja or Rose jumping over people. He's a small guard who shoots jump shots. And I wrote that point to say that he still can't stay healthy even doing all that. So I'm not really sure how, how other teams value him. That was my main point on there. Now, moving on to the targets that we can all get. Everybody's obviously talked about Damian Lillard. I, I think I should preface this offseason talk by saying I don't think they can get anybody unless they say, I want to go to Miami, right? Uh, of course, Miami can overpay. They could send Tyler and three first for Bradley Beal, and they'd probably get him, but that would be stupid. As far as Damian Lillard, I don't want to rely all our hopes on him. I don't want to put all our eggs in one basket because I remember doing the same thing with Giannis. I remember doing the same thing with Harden. Not, not me personally. I never wanted Harden, but people did. I remember doing the same thing with Donovan Mitchell. I remember doing the same thing with KD. And then when you don't get any of them, you're screwed. You end up running it back. Uh, and yeah, they made the finals, but still, you ended up running it back, which is obviously the worst case scenario. That was the debate last season. I haven't heard anybody say that yet this season. Uh, even though I'm thinking about it, though. You get a healthy Tyler, bam, gets a little better. Nah, I'm just kidding. No running back. No running back. Uh, so, yeah, I would love Dame. That's my top priority. I guess I should start there. But they would need him to say, bring me to Miami. There's all kind of conflicting reports, so I hope y'all don't listen to none of those rumors. They say, he's staying, he's leaving, he's staying. If they don't trade the third pick, he's leaving, uh, which... I think they probably should trade the third pick. I mean, it should be in that team's best interest to keep Dame around. I guess test the market for the for the third pick because if Dame's going to end up demanding a trade anyways, uh, trading that third pick for a Jalen Brown would be stupid when maybe you could get a next uh, the next superstar, whether it's Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller, whoever falls to number three of them. Uh, but that'll be interesting to see. The draft will be very telling. I have no idea what it is because I've been in such NBA playoff slash finals mode. I've done zero draft covers. So if you're looking for me to scout players, you're not going to get it. A lot of times I do, but I, I didn't have an offseason this time, which is good. It's good news. Uh, but the draft will be very interesting. Uh, there's been a lot of Bradley Beal talk. What's new? That's, a, that's just another Tuesday for the Miami Heat. His name's been around for like another three years, uh, for three years, uh, linked to Miami. Uh I'm not a huge Beal fan. I always looked at him as kind of a loser. Uh, same way I did Carmelo Anthony because he always said, give me my money, and then why aren't we winning? Now, I certainly will never fault a guy for getting his bag. Go get your money as you should. But you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't say, give me all the money so we can't pay anyone else. 
give me all the money in Washington, even though this team sucks, and then why aren't we winning? I don't know. Maybe it's because you're getting paid $40 million a year and you stayed with an organization you know is terrible. So why are you surprised you're not winning? I never liked that about him. Uh, again, if you want your money, that's fine. Don't cry about winning. Same thing with Carmelo. Demanded a trade to the, uh, demanded a trade to the Knicks. Asked for the most money possible. Could have waited to the offseason to, to sign with them in free agency so they could have had David Lee. They could have had Danilo Gallinari. But no, he forced a trade there. Uh, and they sucked. Well, they didn't suck, but obviously they, they weren't a very great team. But anyways, Bradley Bill's a good player. The report came out today from Brian Windhorst, so do with it what you will, um, saying the, the value frame will be very low, which, yeah, is that even a report? That's obvious. He has arguably one of the worst contracts in the league. He's a guy who can't stay healthy, and he's getting paid like 40 to $50 million a year, like I said. Now, he's a good player. He's better than Tyler Hero. But I don't think I'm personally trading Tyler Hero and a first-round pick for Bradley Beal because, one, I don't think Bradley Beal is a first-round pick better than Tyler Hero. I, I truthfully don't. He can't stay healthy either, and that's obviously a big problem with Hero. Uh, two, he gets paid twice as much per year as Tyler Hero. He's not twice as good as Tyler Hero. It's not worth it from that aspect for me. And on top of that, the Washington Wizards quite literally have zero leverage. And I mean literal and the literal definition of it. Uh, Bradley Beal has a no-trade clause. I think the only other player in the league is LeBron. I don't even know if that's accurate, but th there's nobody else except LeBron, if there is even LeBron. No-trade clause means Bradley Beal can't go anywhere unless he says yes. So they have no leverage. Now, if he says, bring me to Miami, Miami's bidding against nobody. Why would you trade Tyler Hero and a first-round pick? Now, I understand you'll probably have to at least trade Tyler and, or, or a first-round pick. You're not just going to trade uh, James Johnson, Kelly Olenek in a second, as the joke we used to say back in the day. I understand you got to trade something. you got to match money. But I'm not throwing a first-round pick in Tyler Hero. I'm just not giving up all our assets for Bradley Beal. He's not worth it, and they have no leverage. Now, if Bradley Beal gives them a list, I automatically think the Heat are out because the Heat cannot match anybody's package. They, they quite literally have probably the least amount of assets in the league. You have Tyler Hero, who we talked about his asset value, you know, if there is a lot anymore anyways, uh, and they don't have that many picks. They might be able to trade three if they unlock a pick with the Thunder, but I'm not going to get into all that. But same goes for Dane, by the way. Unless he says Miami, they're not getting him. If he has a list and Miami's on the list, they're not getting him. Dame, would also, Dame also said he'd like to go to Brooklyn. They literally have 11 first-round picks from uh, trading KD and Kyrie. Miami basically can't beat any team in the package. I'll just leave it at that. As far as the Bill thing, though, I I started to get on board a lot with the idea of packaging uh, KP, Porzingis, and Bradley Bill because now all of a sudden you're looking at a lineup of insert point guard, Bradley Bill, Jimmy Butler, Christos Porzingis, and Bam Adebayo. That sounds beautiful to me. I mean, I'd want to get a serviceable point guard. I think I read they can go into the, the salary cap to pay Gabe Vincent. The tax would be crazy, but I don't care if Mickey Harrison's a billionaire. He can pay it if he thinks this team can compete. Uh uh, but then you got the shooting with Beal, the all-around with Jimmy, the uh, and then Porzingis, which is literally the perfect four next to Bam. Can shoot threes, can get a bucket, can rebound, can block shots inside. I love it. Now, he's not a very switchable defender. I know Spo likes to do that, but I think Spo will adjust. I really like Porzingis. He's coming off one of the most efficient years of his career, almost 50% from the field, like 36% from three, block and a half a game, 23 points a game. He's a bucket. Uh, and obviously, you'd, still have, you'd pair him with Bam and Bile, which is great. Uh, a lot of people are saying Brooke Lopez, they'd like him. He provides similar stuff that KP does just from the standpoint of a stretch big and uh, 
I guess the fact that he's big and can block shots, but he's one of the worst rebounders for his size. One of the Heat's biggest problems was rebounding. Brooke Lopez doesn't fix that. Now, yeah, he'd be straight. I'm not going to complain, but he's 35. And he had a good season last year, but he already can't stay healthy. And I'm tired of getting these old dudes that just fall down or, or break apart during the end of the season, like uh, Kyle Lowry. Even Kevin Love was getting DMPs at the end of the year. P.J. Tucker missed time in the conference finals last year. I'm just tired of getting these older guys. I'd like to at least get guys, you know, early 30s as opposed to mid to late 30s. Uh, so we talked about the, the Wizards trade. We talked about Dame. The only other name I want to bring up is Kyrie Irving. Shams dropped the news, I think, right after game five, saying that he did actually make a deal for Kyrie Irving when early in the year, so they didn't. I don't care. This is a bunch of he said, she said. But what I am going to say is I'm still glad the Miami Heat did not acquire Kyrie Irving. Not in a million years would I ever want him on my team. People and people, and, okay, I said I wasn't going to get into the Kyrie thing. I've done it earlier on this pod. If you haven't heard him, just know I'm not a fan. Now, they're like, oh, he provides this, and he could shoot, and he could score. He could help Jimmy and do all this. Yeah, that's one, if he's on the court, which he rarely ever is, whether it's from injury or because he thinks that the aliens are going to take over or because the Illuminati told him not to play. It's always going to be something. This team made it this far in part because of their chemistry, because of their cohesiveness and hard work and no drama, okay, as my outro plays. Uh, let me mute that. Y'all will not hear that later. Uh... <laughs> It's always something with Kyrie Irving. He's never out there on the court. And not to mention, when the Dallas Mavericks got him, they got worse. They missed the playoffs. So why would I think he can help my team when he couldn't even help Luka Doncic? Okay? Kyrie Irving, stay the hell away from my team. I don't want you anywhere near here. We've been talking for 25 minutes. This is certainly one of the most all-around episodes I've ever done, uh, whether it was the multiple interruptions uh, I don't know how many of those y'all even see, uh, whether it was me losing my place because I have notes all over the place because I took notes during the game, after the game, during the press conference and all this stuff, but I don't care. I, I kind of like those episodes, to tell you, tell you the truth, because I'm just out here uh, spitting off the pill, as uh, Ryan Higa on YouTube used to say. Very niche reference, if anybody gets that. Well, that's because he had ADHD. That's a whole different story, which low-key, I don't have ADHD, but I'm doing this podcast as if I did. But that's all I really got for this episode, man. There's a little bit of a voice crack there. <laughs> I kind of just mailed it in the, the, this last part of this episode there. If you're watching this part of the episode, uh, we're on audio, of course. But if you are on the YouTube side, go ahead and leave a comment down below and just say, uh, what can I leave y'all comment? Uh, comment, I would trade James Johnson, Kelly Olenek in a second round pick for Bradley Beal. Uh, I, doubt, I seriously doubt anybody will actually comment that. Uh, but if you do, I will screenshot your caption and post it on Twitter, thanking you for getting to this part of the video. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. So if you want to shout out for me on Twitter, go ahead and comment that down below. I'm going to leave it at that. I'll see y'all sometime next week, probably with an episode uh, really breaking down these offseason rumors and how they could acquire Beal and or Dame. Barry Jackson had a pretty good article about that, which is probably not going to happen. But I'll probably get into a lot of stuff. Maybe we'll play around on the trade machine. And I'll have all kinds of great content happening over on this podcast and this network and this YouTube channel. So if y'all are on the audio side, check out the YouTube channel. Just search Anthony DiNardo. That being said, I'm going to get out of here. I am excited for the offseason, actually. This was a fun season. Uh, and I guess I should just speak on that real quick. Uh, 
don't take the season for granted. It ended in a loss, so it doesn't mean much. And I'll probably end up thinking about this the same way I do the 2017 team that finished 30-11 just to miss the playoffs. So in the grand scheme of things, it means nothing, but it's truly something I will never forget. Uh, and I, I don't think we'll be able to put into perspective how crazy this run was uh, for another few years. But uh, I want to see them get it done, man. I put a tweet out on Twitter that, that got uh, some pretty good traction. I said, uh, I can take losing as a fan, uh, but I wanted to win this ring for Jimmy Butler. As a guy who in his life went through everything that he has, I just really want him to achieve his ultimate goal. Uh, he really seems like the, the the greatest, most you know outstanding person. Uh, and I want to win for him, man. I really do. So I would like nothing more than for him to win a championship before he retires. So that's officially all I got to say. I'll see y'all next time. Look, pull up in the city, trying to get that dead fast slash. Do it on my own, I don't need no dead weight. Had to kill him off, yeah, I need it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.